The following program is a presentation of Jazz Sports. So I think it's time that we start doing some of our own yes. history-making moments in WWE. Yes, make, make this yes, all fans. Okay. Yeah, well, well, all right. Yeah, what are we doing? In like three, surprise. two, one. It's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. Oh. I'll see you here next week. <laughs> what is up, everyone? Welcome on board to the main roster. As you heard at the top of the program, the most anticipated, most triumphant return to broadcasting happened last night. He's a huge Chicago sports fan. He's a true Marmite of the business. I am, of course, talking about myself. It's great to be back with you, bringing you the main roster, a look at all things WWE Raw and SmackDown. Uh, but of course, I jest. The big news is indeed the return to WWE of CM Punk last night on WWE Backstage. Uh, now, this is an interesting proposition there was talk that he was coming in for WWE backstage and the rumor is that his deal is exclusively with Fox rather than with WWE themselves so that leaves big possibilities in terms of what CM Punk will and will not can and cannot say on this program when he left WWE a few years ago things were not necessarily on the best of terms he didn't see out his full contract He's very disgruntled. He had a lot to say about the way uh, he was handled, he was treated, etc. So the fact that he is on board a WWE show without really being accountable to WWE, potentially, if the rumours are true, then this is very, very interesting. We will see how things progress as time goes forward. Um, but a little bit about this podcast. So... It's really good to be back podcasting again. Some of you may uh, know me from my other podcast, Two Minute Warning, which is an NFL American football related podcast. I have delved into some other bits and bobs as well. I have written about WWE on and off for a number of years, um, most notably for a company called Real Sport, who now no longer uh, cover wrestling in the same way. Uh, the thing that I'm probably most known for is uh, a little movement called Boycott Reigns. It got a little bit of traction a few years ago after his uh, match with The Undertaker and all of the controversy that came with that. Um, I called for a boycott of Roman Reigns. He didn't respond, obviously, um, but uh, a number of people in the WWE Universe did respond, uh, and most notably... Vince Russo, former head writer of WWE, responded and actually interviewed me on his show. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing all of that, but then things kind of waned off from there as uh, life got busy. Uh, but now I wanted to bring something a little bit more current, more relevant. Podcasting is something that I am passionate about, something that I enjoy, something that's fun. So here we are to talk about WWE on a weekly basis, time permitting. Uh, I don't really want to make that promise if I can't live up to it. But uh, week on week, I plan to be here talking wrestling with you, talking Raw, talking SmackDown, and all of the gory details that come with that. 
I have been known to be very, very vocal and very opinionated about the standard I expect WWE to be at. It has not been at that standard for a very long time, but I'm one of the few that stick with it and try and keep things as positive as possible and offer criticism in a constructive way, thinking of ways that things could be done better rather than just outright saying this is rubbish, turning it off, etc. So, speaking of potential rubbish, let's get started with a look at last week's WWE television, beginning with SmackDown. With a full complement of their roster now available, all back from Saudi Arabia, uh, I'm afraid the show did return to a little bit of its mediocrity that we have uh, come to expect from the latter days of its USA Network run. We'd hoped things might be a little different moving to Fox, but kicking things off with Baron Corbin um, probably doesn't give that kind of message, in my opinion. So Baron Corbin kicked off the show. He called out Roman Reigns, knowing full well that he was not there, wink, wink. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Corbin, Baron Corbin, King Corbin, is an excellent, annoying heel. He's the prototypical heel in WWE. He exudes smug superiority. He lowers the tone to its most childish, uh, very, very irritating. He runs from conflict despite being a big guy, being somebody that you would expect to handle himself. Uh, he makes himself look stupid when he's supposed to be making his opponents look stupid. He's very, very good at what he does. He's an expert in his role. My problem is, and the problem of many fans right now, is that we don't really want that in modern WWE after years of nothing but this kind of infantile nonsense. We're ready for a fresh start, and the move to Fox for SmackDown was supposed to offer that. We were hoping for the more real fight feel that they were talking about bringing to the Fox network. Now, I'm not saying we need super edgy kind of borderline X-rated themes, but the barrage of childish nonsense that we're still continuing to get, I'm not on board with it. I'm sure there are many people out there who would hold things to a better standard and would want better for SmackDown. Um, please, WWE, give Baron Corbin the role that he deserves and make him the monster killer heel rather than this weird king playing lunatic weirdo i don't really know how to <laughs> how to articulate it this king gimmick has been done over and over and over again it's stale and we need to move on okay let's move on this week smackdown also saw a tune-up match for the revival heading into their triple threat tag team match at survivor series against the representatives of raw and nxt uh, except it wasn't the warm-up match that we wanted. It was actually the New Day regaining the SmackDown Tag Team titles. And as soon as that happened, the internet let out one collective huge groan as the match that we had dreamed of vanished in front of our eyes. Uh, now, there's nothing at all against the New Day. They are a fantastic tag team, especially when you separate those parts out and think about how fantastic Kofi Kingston was in his WWE Championship run. 
as of recent. But when you look at the match that was to be the Viking Raiders against the Undisputed Era, against the Revival, three of the top tag teams in the world, and we're talking technically here, not just in terms of their popularity and what they do for entertainment value, the best wrestling tag teams in the world were set to go against each other in a triple threat match. And for seemingly no reason whatsoever, that's been taken away. Like I get we're trying to give the New Day multiple title reigns. We're trying to put them up there on a pedestal. I get that. But this could have waited three and a half weeks until we were after Survivor Series. Imagine the momentum that could have been carried into that match if the Revival were the ones to win this triple threat match at Survivor Series, only to be beaten by the New Day the following week on SmackDown. I personally think that would have been a much better way of handling this situation if you wanted to put the titles back on the New Day. There are plenty of things that they could be doing as part of this war with the other brands leading into Survivor Series. The tag team titles don't really do anything for the New Day in the position that they're in right now. It's so disappointing that we couldn't get that triple threat match as it was originally advertised. They may flip-flop and go back to it again, drop the titles back to the Revival, but I seriously, seriously doubt it. I'm disappointed. Um, I might be wrong. If you disagree with me, please do let me know. I'm open to dialogue. I'd love to get some of your thoughts on this. You can message me on Twitter, at The Jazz Show, or you can comment on any of the Facebook posts about this. Please get in touch. And if you think this is the greatest thing ever, let me know. Tell me why I struggle to see what benefit we have sending the New Day into this triple threat tag team match at Survivor Series. Other interesting moments from SmackDown included uh, the team of Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Ali and Shorty G. Uh, I still don't like this Shorty G gimmick. I get that he's apparently on board with it and that it's apparently going to help him get to the next level. I don't see it. It's just another way of dumbing down WWE not a fan that's all I'm going to say about that right now Sasha Banks defeated Nikki Cross uh, that's a kind of inevitable outcome of that match as uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks collectively continue their heel run I'm really liking the the heel pairing of these two uh, going from the sickly sweet everybody loves Bailey face that she was through to this new edgy uh doesn't really care what you think bailey is even turning her back on the people who um should be behind her um like Corey graves whom she hung up on uh on his podcast which was a very good kayfabe moment on what was supposed to be a more uh behind the scenes podcast i've really enjoyed that really enjoying their work at the moment I'm really enjoying Bailey as SmackDown Women's Champion. They need to give them something else to focus on after Survivor Series. Somebody to persecute, somebody to um, make the audience feel sorry for, to really continue this momentum. I can't think really who fits that bill, but uh, I will, I'll get back to you on that one. I do have an idea. Um, but that's the direction I think we need to go in. We need to really victimize someone 
two on one Sasha and Bailey on somebody who you are ready to make a major baby face on the SmackDown roster. We also get an in-ring segment involving Tyson Fury. Uh, I hate to say that this guy is growing on me a little bit. Um, He really showed me something in his match at Crown Jewel. He was a far more credible uh, imported sports star than Cain Velasquez was against Brock Lesnar, who quite frankly had uh, a dire match. I thought considering the time he'd spent in AAA and the time he'd spent training at the um, Performance Centre that we were going to see something decent out of Cain Velasquez, but that really wasn't the case. He seemed very clunky, really didn't seem like he was at home in a wrestling ring. Whereas Tyson Fury, for uh, his faults, and there were some, he he is a boxer transitioning into wrestling and not even on a full-time basis, just as a, a kind of one-off appearance kind of guy. But he showed far more potential to put on an entertaining wrestling-style match than Cain Velasquez did. Um, That said, SmackDown showed that his promo needs serious, serious work. Uh, Just, you know, calling out Braun Strowman and saying, yeah, all right, mate, I I really liked our match. Cheers for that. Shake your hand. Thanks very much. Cheers. Uh, Say cheers 60 times uh, and that's it. Thanks. Um, Doesn't really hold the entertainment value that goes alongside a man of his stature, a man whose entrance at Crown Jewel was a huge spectacle. They need to be looking after Tyson Fury a bit better when he's in a WWE ring with a microphone. People that don't need to be looked after in a WWE ring with a microphone, though, are the B team. The one throwaway line that they had... Uh, as they made their way down to receive their beating from Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury. Uh, Everyone knows the B in B team stands for fearless. It tickled me. I know it's a really stupid, simple line, but it tickled me. I hope we can see more of this kind of thing from the B team. It looks at this point they're not going to be anything more than kind of developmental talent to raise up other people, but... They can at least have some fun doing it and they can be entertaining at the same time. What can the B stand for this week? It's it's silly, but I like it. I hope we can continue to see a bit more of that going forward. And finally, something that I really, really hope to see on SmackDown going forward is the potential of a Daniel Bryan and The Fiend rivalry. It kicked off on SmackDown as The Fiend... Turn the room red. Not a fan of that, but we'll move on. Turn the room red and attack Daniel Bryan, locking him in the mandible claw, really firing the cannons on the beginning of that rivalry. The rivalry that Bray Wyatt had with Daniel Bryan years ago, where Daniel Bryan joined his stable and then double-crossed him, was really, really good. I can't even imagine the possibilities of Daniel Bryan now in his career against The Fiend and what we could see. That's some kind of crazy potential that I really hope WWE don't mess up. Now, before we get to Monday Night Raw, there were a few things that happened uh, over the weekend that uh, merit discussion. Uh, The first of which was the revelation that um, Dolph Ziggler uh, tried to quit WWE uh, in the run-up to his squash match with Goldberg. Uh, on the basis that he couldn't get his way with 
that match. He knew that it was going to be a squash and that he was going to lose. Um, but Ziggler wasn't happy with the direction that they chose for the match, i.e. Spear, Jackhammer, end of the match. Thanks very much. Standard Goldberg fair. I've got to be honest, Ziggler. Well, if that was the final straw to make you want to quit WWE, you really haven't been paying attention to how you've been treated for the last three or four years. You've been in far worse situations than being in a squash match with Goldberg. It's Goldberg. What did you? What were you really expecting to achieve from a Goldberg match? You were there to get over the fact that he had a terrible match with The Undertaker. He looked like he was 107 years old. And Goldberg, that is, not, not The Undertaker. We won't get onto The Undertaker's drawbacks in that match. But you were there to redeem Goldberg after a terrible match and make it make him look good again. And that's what you do. That is your role in WWE, is to make people look good. And you're fantastic at it. So to turn round now and say that you're unhappy with that position, it's a little late. We were clamouring for you to do that years ago. That time has passed. The other entertaining thing that was mentioned this weekend comes from a former WWE talent, uh, now a member of the All Elite Wrestling roster, in Jake Hager, known in WWE as Jack Swagger. Responding to a tweet by Rusev that he later deleted, Jake Hager suggested that Rusev needed to quit WWE immediately because it was an asshole company. There are a lot of reasons that Jake Hager is probably right about that fact, that WWE does have its issues. But to come out and say that after you've left the company just makes you sound like an embittered, disgruntled, petulant child. I'm not sure what you were trying to achieve, and I think you realised the problem with what you were saying fairly soon afterwards because you deleted the tweet. But unfortunately, once something is on the internet, it's there forever. So maybe before calling out your former company, your former boss, uh, kind of realise what it says about you before doing so. Too many former WWE guys try to criticise the company, go the wrong way about it, and it just reflects badly on them and makes WWE look like the clever people who got rid of their problem before it happened. Let's move on then to Monday Night Raw. And speaking of things that need to go away, here's some sound clips from Raw. Well, I, Lana, can't believe that anybody is enjoying this storyline. This love triangle between Lashley, Rusev and Lana is... It's been billed as something as a throwback to the Attitude Era. I don't even think the Attitude Era was this weird. The idea that she's going to come on television every week and talk about having sex with Rusev, having sex with Lashley... Uh, Nobody wants to hear that in 2019. It's just, it's bizarre that somebody has signed off on this storyline. And what's more bizarre is that on Twitter, Rusev is 
defending this storyline and getting really quite aggressive with people who think it's daft. It is daft, and Jerry Lawler said it best during the match. This is what needs to happen to this storyline. Man, oh man, this is this is just not good. Come on. Something I did really like from Monday Night Raw was the in-ring debut, on the main roster at least, of Walter. Uh, Good reaction from the Manchester crowd. Um, I was wondering what kind of reception any of the NXT UK guys would receive from the crowd in Manchester, being that it doesn't seem like the general audience, the mass populace, really has got behind NXT UK if you look at their uh, the buy rates in terms of TV tapings and the attendances that they've received, they've had to tarp over vast areas of the seating because there hasn't been enough people turning up. So I did wonder, are there actually people watching NXT UK? It's on the WWE Network, so we don't get to learn about the ratings and how many people are watching week on week. But the crowd reaction to me suggests that people are watching uh, and people are seeing and recognising what a talent Walter is. Uh, Booker T, I think, said it best on WWE Backstage this week, that uh, when people are mentioning your name before you've entered the room, you know you've made it. And that's certainly the case with Walter. People are talking about Walter People are wondering what the future holds for Walter. It probably won't be that long before we see Walter move up to uh, one of the main roster programs or at least a full-time move to NXT USA because holding him on a show that not many people are attending is probably a massive waste of this guy's talent. Uh, But back to his uh, appearance on Raw, he had a solid match with Seth Rollins uh, and the outcome was what it was going to be. Nobody would have benefited from losing that match. To have Walter pin Rollins would have been big for Walter, um, but he's not in a position to pin the top guy on the main brand of WWE at this stage, as awesome as that would have been. Uh, Likewise, it wouldn't have done Walter any good to take a loss as WWE United Kingdom champion and ambassador for the whole UK NXT brand, it would have been really damaging for him to take uh, a loss in his debut on the main roster. So ending that match the way they did and moving into a six-man, uh, sorry, eight-man tag team match instead, uh, well played. I thought that was a perfect ending to that whole situation. There wasn't a huge amount else to talk about with Monday Night Raw, unfortunately. It does seem that whenever they bring Raw and SmackDown to the UK, that things go into a little bit of a holding pattern, uh, waiting to go back to the US. Um, Which is a shame, considering how far we've come from having uh, very little interaction uh, with WWE in the UK. Uh, We had our kind of exclusive pay-per-views, um, years ago that that moved into Raw and SmackDown tapings twice a year um, but I think it's become a little bit of a burden to WWE being that they have to tape the programs that they like to put out live every week you could easily do something about that WWE you have networks that air these programs in the UK that I'm sure would love to broadcast Smackdown and Raw live as they are taping in UK time. You can work out some kind of deal with 
Fox for SmackDown, I'm sure. I'm sure FS1 would be happy to put SmackDown on at 3 in the afternoon and then replay it on Fox a little later. Uh, USA Network, I've seen the USA Network schedule. There's really not much happening at 3 in the afternoon. You can air these things live UK time and then replay them later. That's effectively what you're doing by taping them. And I think you would add a, a level of freshness to these tapings that has been lacking for the last few of them. Uh, that said, having Shayna Baszler turn up during the women's match uh, was a highlight. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the women can get done in that triple threat. Many people already are suggesting that that will be the match of the night. It's hard to argue that point. Uh, the other crazy thing that I uh, feel needs to be mentioned about Raw is Rowan's cage. Rowan went to ringside for his squash match with some random local talent who I've never heard of. And he brought a cage with him that was covered by a burlap kind of covering. Now, I know for a fact there was nothing in that cage. There certainly wasn't an animal in that cage. And I know this because if he'd have tried to bring something from the US into the UK it would have been quarantined for six months before he would have been allowed to bring it in. And that might be a level of realism that uh, nobody else is thinking of, but it's kind of the weird kind of aspect of things. There was nothing in that cage. The commentators tried to make out things were moving in the cage. What are you doing with Rowan? You brought him over to Raw, seemingly to give him a more prominent role, and now we're kind of sidestepping and slipping back into this tertiary role where he just looks a bit weird you had him speaking at the end of this breakup from Daniel Bryan and he held his own don't ruin it by sending him back into the quiet weird I'm just going to smash you and be a bit weird in the corner and then leave again kind of guy there's no place that that can go build on what you had done with him and move forward with credible rivalries no more squash matches please it's not helping him at all. We know he's a monster. We know he can put you down in seconds. Take him somebody who he can compete with. If you don't do that, you risk making him stale before he's really hit his stride. That would be a huge shame. Okay, folks. Well, that about wraps up this clunky debut edition of the main roster. Uh, I hope that I've engaged you in some way. Um, and that we've had some common ground. You've agreed with me in some ways and you'll come back to listen again next week. If you'd like to reach out to me or the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at The Jez Show and you can check out all of my other content at thejezshow.com. Uh, something that you may be interested in as a wrestling fan, every week I do a head-to-head -head review of AEW and NXT on USA so uh, we're in week seven coming forward now, I believe. Uh, I pick a winner and a loser each week. Uh, and we go deep into each program to see which one really had the edge in the entertainment factor. Thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Jeremy. I will catch you next week.